I'm Russ Nickel. I'm a Capricorn. I don't believe in any of that. And I have a middle name of Kirk. Middle name Kirk. Name Captain Kirk. That is me. (laughs) Making friends as an adult can be hard. Without the ecosystem of school, propping up networks of mutual hobbies and social events, you might make friends through work or maybe some roommates you found on Craigslist, but to make new friends truly out there in the wild requires intention and a certain vulnerability. Russ was one of those people for me. I met him in an improv class. He was wearing this graphic tee with an otter out in space and the words otter space written below it. And I instantly had this feeling, a foreign one, like I really want to be friends with that guy. So I literally got his number, asked him to lunch, and went out of my way to go to every single one of his parties a nearly $30 Uber ride away. Fast forward four years and now we're close friends and roommates. Russ is the kind of person you desperately want to be around. He's intelligent, quick to laugh, and blindingly positive. The best part of my week, I got hired to write a movie, which is my dream. It's gonna be about wine tasting and the master sommelier test. So feel free to steal that world. It's going to be big. I don't check the news very often, but one day I went to The Guardian, and the headlining article was Bloating, Pain, and the Gurgles? Read this if you can't burp. And I can't burp. I've never been able to burp my whole life. And I've talked to doctors about it, and they say, well, your esophageal sphincter is just too tight, probably. I don't know. And they don't care, but they don't get it. Because not burping is horrible. And it means that when you're in college and you just chug a beer really fast, you immediately go and throw up that beer. So it's just constant, horrible bloating, can drink carbonated things easily. I do it anyway. I just power through, but it feels terrible. And I just throw up all the time, like more than anyone I know. In case you're curious what Russ sounds like when he tries to burp and can't, and you'd hear it all the time where you a fly on our apartment walls, it sounds like this. Was that recorded? (laughs) Nice, yeah, so that's the sound I make instead of burping. It's like a little gurgle that never actually leaves your body. (laughs) And there's this article that comes out that there's a doctor who finally recognized it was a problem and came up with a solution. And there's now like a little surgery non-burpers can get to be able to burp. And everyone's like experiencing burps for the first time and that they're so amazing and freeing. And like, I never realized this level of comfort could exist. And it's just this quick and easy procedure where they just like Botox a little bit of your esophagus, which like deadens it. So it's less tight. And then you're able to burp. And normally Botox, you have to get re-injected all the time. But for this one, your body can, like, learn to burp, and then it knows how. Uh, So you don't necessarily have to get it again. And then, through the article, I've actually talked to this doctor now. I might fly out to Chicago. It's a whole thing. But through the article, I realized there's a subreddit, r no burps, 
for people who can't burp. And I was just like, I've found a few people like this in the world, but no one's ever thought it was a thing. They just like make fun of you for it. So if you have a thing that you think is just a personal quirk, who knows? Maybe there's a subreddit. Maybe there are solutions. It might not be on The Guardian necessarily, but there might be answers out there. So don't just think you're weird. Go find your people. The story Russ tells me is one of actions and consequences, like dominoes falling. And I spend half the time wondering to myself how this all adds up to something good. Like, why is he telling this story on this podcast? But I underestimate him, and more importantly, I underestimate his ability to find the fun in things, find the positive. He really is as authentic as he sounds. He's the real deal, and if you stick with his story, I promise he leads us to something great. The year was... I'm not sure. I think 2011. I had just moved to San Luis Obispo, where my best friend was taking a fifth year at Cal Poly. He didn't actually graduate, so the fifth year, not necessarily super useful. But I moved in with him, and it was the first week I was there, and he wanted us to go out to a coffee shop together, as you do. And so we biked downtown to this little coffee shop, got some coffee, and then he was like, oh, crap, I have to go to class. So he just biked away and left me there. So I was just like, oh, okay, well, I'm here now. (laughs) And I didn't exactly know where I was or where I was going. So I started biking home and I'd noticed that he had biked home along the sidewalk. And I thought, well, technically you're not allowed to bike on the sidewalk and I want to be a law-abiding citizen. So I moved onto the street and started biking down the street. And before I'd gone about a block, something fell off. And then suddenly this police car pulls up and the guy just shouts at me like, pull over right now, pull over, stay there. I'm coming for you. Basically, I'm like, oh, my God, what's happening? And so I pull over. Don't worry. There's some bad things at the beginning of this good things happen podcast, but it's a a bad thing that spirals into a better and better thing. So, it, you know, trigger warning, mild fear. (laughs) So I pull over on my bike, all nervous. A cop has never yelled at me. I've never been pulled over for anything, never gotten a driving ticket, la-di-da. And the cop just like comes storming over to me and he goes, do you have any idea what you were doing? Uh, I'm like, I was just uh, biking home. I don't know. Uh, And he goes, you were biking the wrong way down a one-way street. And I'm like, oh, sorry, I was just trying to get off the sidewalk. Uh, it's my first week here. And he's like, I don't care if it's your first week here. Do you have a fucking death wish? Do you want to fucking die today? Because this is a goddamn good way to do it, motherfucker. And I'm like, uh, okay, like, I just don't know what I'm doing. And he's just like, is muttering and cursing and so angry. And then he, you know, writes me up and gives me a ticket and sends me on my way. So then I have a bike ticket for $190, which is the first ticket I've ever gotten in my life, specifically because I tried to obey the law, because if I'd stayed on the sidewalk, I would have been fine. So my first ticket, very exciting. So I have to go to court, which I've never been to court before. So I went to court to try to contest the ticket. Everyone there, they were like, well, I know I was speeding and going 90 when it was 50, but I was only doing that to try to pass someone. And the judge is like, okay. Uh, you know, I don't, that you can't pass someone by going 90, like you pass them going the speed limit. <laughs> so I just watched person after person give really shitty excuses. And the judge was very friendly, but basically told them all, like, these are obviously bad excuses. So 
Uh, I'm making friends. Some guy is telling me about how he's going to be big in the cabinet design world. You know, cool guy. So I get up there, and mine is ridiculous. So I'm just telling the story about how I just moved here, and my friend abandoned me, and this cop is so angry. And <laughs> it was so fun because everyone else was very, like, official and despondent, you know? So it was, I'm very sorry, sir. Uh, the cigarette butt was not mine, you know, sort of like that. And I'm going like, okay, so I just moved here from Stanford, right? Because, like, my friend's taking five years. So I got to basically do, like, a weird stand-up bit for a bunch of people who were there, like, feeling sad about their tickets, and they all had a blast. The whole, like, audience was cracking up the whole time. And the judge had a blast. And he was cracking up the whole time, like, asking questions, and it was just this whole bantery experience. (laughs) And so I'm like, so can you, like, reduce the ticket? Because he reduced a lot of people's tickets. He's like, well, you seem remorseful. Like, I'll cut it in half. And he basically, like, laughingly says, I want you to know, if you go to bike school, that reduces your ticket a lot. And so, like, maybe I could reduce your ticket. But if I give you a ruling, that's it. If you go to bike school, it's going to be really cheap. So do you want a ruling or do you want to go to bike school? And I'm like, I'll go to bike school. (laughs) So I go to bike school. (laughs) Bike school, by the way, we're going to keep a running tally of my debt. So starting cost, $190. Bike school is $35, but it reduces your ticket to $85 for a grand total of $120. So it saves you $70. So I go to bike school, and (laughs) when I get there, we're forced to watch 25 minutes on an old VHS tape playing on like a shitty, you know, one of those... TVs that's like mounted in the corner of the room, you know, like a horrible CRT. It's just 25 minutes of people dying horribly in car accidents and just being like, their lives were cut short. This person had so much promise and that's what you get too for breaking the law. And I'm like, I I don't know, man, I've got a bike ticket. Uh, (laughs) And it was just all college students except for one like really creepy old guy with like long greasy hair and a can i don't know what he was doing there but everyone else was a college student because this was on campus bike school because there was a police station on campus and then they finished the video and the guy's like any questions (laughs) i don't know what questions you'd have after watching that video but people did have questions so i guess i do know what questions people have and the questions went something like so like like why can't we skateboard on campus (laughs) and the cops like well, I, you know, that's a Cal Poly rule, not like a police rule, but we have to enforce it. It's probably liability. And another guy's like, yeah, so like, but why does Cal Poly have that rule? Because like a skateboard is like a good way to get around. And another guy's like, yeah, but aren't like bikes and rollerblades, like why is the liability different? And the the policeman is like, I don't know, like, because like, I just longboard to get places, man. And the cop's like, I really, I don't, like, I don't want to be here any more than you do. And then, like, ten more questions get asked about why you can't skateboard on campus. And I realize, like, no one here has any sort of ticket. It's entirely people who skateboarded, me, and that creepy old guy. And so, finally, the questions stop. And the guy's like, all right, so let's take the test. It's this really, really easy multiple choice test. It's like 25 questions. And then at the end, he's like, all right, now honor system, just grade your own paper. Okay, how'd you do? Did everybody get half? Okay, great, you all passed. (laughs) So he just didn't care at all. At this point, Russ has gotten yelled at by a cop, spent a day in court, and toiled away in bike school. 
I see the dominoes are falling, but there's nothing to arrest their momentum, and it's at this point in his story that I'm really wondering how or if Ross is going to pull this all together. But he does. And then the last thing I had to do was go pay the remainder of the ticket, which was $85. So I had to go down to the city office building, right? And like the downtown is just popping off. And I realize it's because it's St. Patrick's Day, which I haven't thought about. So I'm not in green. <laughs> and I get in line and I'm just kind of waiting. And then like someone really is in a hurry. So I let them go in front of me, which means that the window that opens up for me to go, you know, talk to someone is this gorgeous employee who's like, you know, young brunette in her 20s who's wearing this really cute green dress and just this total bombshell. And I'm immediately like, oh my God, how am I even going to talk to this person? And she's like, so what are you here for? (laughs) And I proceed to explain everything that you've heard from this point until now. (laughs) And the girl is just like cracking up, having a great time. And she's giving me shit for not wearing green, you know, and it's like, what are you even doing? And I'm like, man, this is going so well. I'm thinking, like, should I ask for a number? I don't know. Because I feel like we're really getting along. And I finish the story, and she goes, okay, great. Well, I've, I've closed out that account, so you're good to go. And I'm like, wait a second. You didn't take any payment information from me. So there's no way I paid that $85. So now my ticket has only cost $35. And I'm like, do I ask her out? Do I ask her out? And I'm like, wait, but if I ask her out, that gives her more time to realize that she didn't charge me for this ticket. So I'm like, Cool, thanks, bye. (laughs) So I just ran away. But she definitely purposefully just saved me the 85 bucks because she thought the whole thing was ridiculous. I feel like I 100% only ended up paying $35 for this ticket, and I got to have so many experiences that I've never had. Like, I've never been to court ever, you know? I've got the cabinet guy's number. Bike school was hilarious to me. I like made friends on campus. I got to have this super cute interaction with this girl. I also just have this view that good things are good because they're good and bad things are good because they're a funny story, you know, to a degree. But this thing, the level of bad got reduced every step of the way until it basically was just an excuse to have experiences. So I very much enjoyed it. And that's how he does it. Russ doesn't mourn for the dominoes that have fallen, the time wasted and setting them up. He cheers for them as they deliver something unique and amazing. He's someone who loves experiences. He collects them and sees good or bad as a frame of mind, making the conscious choice to frame things not as annoyances or distractions or a day wasted, but like sunshine and cartwheels and a stand-up routine. That's what I saw in Russ when I first met him in improv class wearing that Outer Space t-shirt. That's why I wanted to be friends with him. And why I'm grateful for that friendship now. Russ closes his time with me, or that is, until we retire to the rest of our apartment, with a poignant story, beautiful and luminous. I hope you enjoy. You were on your way home when you died. It was a car accident. Nothing particularly remarkable, but fatal nonetheless. You left behind a wife and two children. It was a painless death. The EMTs tried their best to save you, but to no avail. Your body was so utterly shattered, you were better off, trust me. And that's when you met me. What, what happened, you asked. Where am I? 
You died, I said, matter-of-factly, no point in mincing words. There was a, a truck and it was skidding. Yep, I said. I... I died? Yep, but don't feel bad about it. Everyone dies, I said. You looked around. There was nothingness. Just you and me. What is this place? You asked. Is this the afterlife? More or less, I said. Are you God? You asked. Yep, I replied. I'm God. My kids, my wife, you said. What about them? Will they be alright? That's what I like to see, I said. You just died, and your main concern is for your family. That's good stuff right there. You looked at me with fascination. To you, I didn't look like God. I just looked like some man, or possibly a woman. Some vague authority figure, maybe. More of a grammar school teacher than the Almighty. Don't worry, I said. They'll be fine. Your kids will remember you as perfect in every way. They didn't have time to grow contempt for you. Your wife will cry on the outside, but will be secretly relieved. To be fair, your marriage was falling apart. If it's any consolation, she'll feel very guilty for feeling relieved. Oh, you said. So, what happens now? Do I go to heaven or hell or something? Neither, I said. You'll be reincarnated. Ah, you said. So, the Hindus were right. All religions are right in their own way, I said. Walk with me. He followed along as we strode through the void. Where are we going? Nowhere in particular, I said. It's just nice to walk while we talk. So, what's the point then? You asked. When I get reborn, I'll just be a blank slate, right? A baby? So, all my experiences and everything I did in this life won't matter? Not so, I said. You have within you all the knowledge and experiences of all your past lives. You just don't remember them right now. I stopped walking and took you by the shoulders. Your soul is more magnificent, beautiful, and gigantic than you can possibly imagine. A human mind can only contain a tiny fraction of what you are. It's like sticking your finger in a glass of water to see if it's hot or cold. You put a tiny part of yourself into the vessel, and when you bring it back out, you've gained all the experiences it had. You've been in a human for the last 48 years, so you haven't stretched out yet and felt the rest of your immense consciousness. If we hung out here for long enough, you'd start remembering everything. But there's no point to doing that between each life. How many times have I been reincarnated then? Oh, lots. Lots and lots. And into lots of different lives, I said. This time around, you'll be a Chinese peasant girl in 540 AD. Wait, what? You stammered, you're sending me back in time? Uh, well, I guess technically, time as you know it only exists in your universe. Things are different where I come from. Where you come from, you said? Oh, sure, I explained. I come from somewhere, somewhere else, and there are others like me. I know you'll want to know what it's like there, but honestly, you wouldn't understand. Oh, you said, a little let down. But wait, if I get reincarnated to other places in time, I could have interacted with myself at some point. Sure, happens all the time. And with both lives only aware of their own lifespan, you don't even know it's happening. So, what's the point of it all? Seriously? I asked. Seriously? You're asking me for the meaning of life? Isn't that a little stereotypical? Well, it's a reasonable question, you persisted. I looked you in the eye. The meaning of life, the reason I made this whole universe, 
is for you to mature. You mean mankind? Do you want us to mature? No, just you. I made the whole universe for you. With each new life, you grow and mature and become a larger and greater intellect. Just me? What about everyone else? There is no one else, I said. In this universe, there's just you and me. You stared blankly at me. But all the people on Earth, all you, different incarnations of you. Wait, I'm everyone? Now you're getting it, I said with a congratulatory slap on the back. I'm every human being who ever lived, or whoever will live, yes. I'm Abraham Lincoln? And you're John Wilkes Booth, too, I added. I'm Hitler, you said, appalled. And you're the millions he killed. I'm Jesus? And you're everyone who followed him. You fell silent. Every time you victimized someone, I said, you were victimizing yourself. Every act of kindness you've done, you've done to yourself. Every happy and sad moment ever experienced by any human was, or will be, experienced by you. You thought for a long time. Why, you asked me, why do all this? Because someday, you will become like me, because that's what you are. You're one of a kind. You're my child. Whoa, you said, incredulous. You mean, I'm a god? No, not yet. You're a fetus. You're still growing. Once you've lived every human life throughout all time, you will have grown enough to be born. So the whole universe, you said, it's just... An egg, I answered. Now it's time for you to move on to your next life. And I sent you on your way. So there you go. Thank you so much for listening to Good Stuff Happens. I'm your host, Josh Bressler. A big shout out to Russ Nickel for lending us his stories and positivity. Thank you to Connor Garrison for our always wonderful intro and outro music and to Blue Dot Sessions for additional music. Thanks again for tuning in. And just a reminder that the clouds you saw today will never take quite the same shape ever again. And that's amazing. 